Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, rave line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Claw, up against the wall. Can't explain it what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Rain of Troy Radio. This is episode 457 coming to you on Halloween. It's a special Halloween episode in which we are not dressed up in costume here on Rain of Troy Radio. We're going to look back. USC's win over the Arizona Wildcats and talk about so much more. Answer your questions. Look at the defensive effort from the Trojans. Um, maybe rank some Halloween candy at the end. That might be a little fun. Uh, so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MichaelCastFS. My co-host, Elisa Daratola, is at Penguin of Troy. Collectively, you can find the show at Reign of Troy. Our email address is rainoftroy at fansite.com. Uh, yeah, I screwed up that <laughs> intro, but Alicia, you're my co-host. Hello. How are you? Hello, everybody. Hello. How's, how's it going? We are live here on the YouTube. Big shout out to everybody over in the chat. We got Tim, SJ, Cameron, Lincoln's Visor. That's a good one. Yeah, Alex and, yeah. and, and Ramon Murdy's here. Murdy. Yeah. Uh, Ramon Murdy says Halloween is not a holiday. This is true. See, 
in, I agree. At my, I spent my whole day. I woke up early this morning and went to my parents' house to help my brother uh, decorate for Halloween because we take it very seriously. We're doing a whole Halloween thing. My whole family is over at that house right now. And I was like, yeah, I got I got to leave because we got to go podcast. And my mom's like, what are you doing podcasting at five o'clock on Halloween? No one's going to be there to watch it. Like, ever, it doesn't everyone do Halloween? It's like, no, mom, not everyone does Halloween. And some people will be around. We, we, we've got people in the chat. So, yeah, clearly uh, clearly Halloween is not for everybody, like Reverend Murdy and, and some others. But uh, hopefully those of you who are into Halloween, like my family, uh, enjoy your, your Halloween ho- holiday. And uh, hey there to Sam uh, Chech and Glenn. Uh, welcome everybody. Um, yeah, the the thing about Halloween for me is as as is it a Chichi. I'm sorry, it might why be Chichi. Are, why are <laughs> Why are you so? I'm so weird. In people's names. I'm so weird. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're like it's like a a dog and a squirrel. You know. I, I'm on very little sleep, and I didn't have a cup of coffee before this, so I might be a little bit delirious. Okay. The the, the my my thing about Halloween is that. Halloween, as a kid, I thought was a huge deal. Obviously, and there were I thought there were so many people. We would get bags of candy, and my my dad likes to be the candy hander outer, uh, which seems out of character for my dad, but that's that's, that's <laughs> who he is. And so he likes being the the candy hander outer, and we would go through bags and everything, and by like eight o'clock, the the bags would be gone. And now, if I go to my parents' house and they get, you know, the same amount of candy, they barely go through any of it. And, like, no one goes to the door anymore. And so you're telling me that you, like, you expect, like, 2,000 kids at your parents' house tonight? I call such BS on this. There's no way. No. What's happening in your neighborhood is that you've aged out of Halloween. No one's selling their homes because everybody is aging into their homes and, and home prices are so high that you can't sell your home. So... You just don't have any kids in the neighborhood anymore. My neighborhood has gotten. There's sort still of, kids in the neighborhood. Not as many as when you were a kid. My neighborhood well, yes, because I has that. people that's, that's drive in and drop their kids off to have like to, to go do na- like my neighborhood does Halloween. So, yes, there will be upwards of 2000 kids come through the I, door and we have run out of candy at seven and eight o'clock many, many times when my mom has bought. 2000 pieces of candy no. so like Halloween nobody does Halloween. we overload on the candy and we run out every year and it's it's a thing in my neighborhood you're we're after this recording we're gonna go over there and get some corn dogs so you're gonna see the uh mm-hmm. little bit of, of how we do yeah corn dogs the big Dayatola um Halloween tradition which when your, your mom explained it to me once I thought it was genius it's because you give your kid a corn dog while they go trick or treating because they have their candy in their other hand. You can just hold it on a stick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was the idea? I didn't anyways. think about this until after. I thought it might be a tripping hazard. <laughs> Corn yes. dog might be a tripping hazard, but yeah. we're gonna ignore yeah. that part. We're gonna... <laughs> yeah, we're not giving out any lasagnas for Halloween though, as yeah. uh, as uh, Chichi or Cheche or Chech X in the chat. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, is uh, is saying so. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, it was a interesting game on Saturday. Uh, let's just get right into it. SC wins uh, 45-37 over the Arizona Wildcats. 
SC racks up a million yards, 621 offensive yards. Uh, the only problem, they give up 543 the other way. Uh, SC's offense looked incredible, um, just as just as good as they looked against Utah. And mind you, that is without Andrew Voorhees on the offensive line, arguably the best lineman in the conference. SC's best lineman, uh, without him, they still put up all those yards. Without their top two receivers, including the Bolitnikoff winner for the nation's best wide receiver, uh, in Jordan Addison, he was not did not play. Max Williams did not play. Uh, for a stretch in the game, Brendan Rice, who is number three or four, depending on the moment of USC's wide receiver packing order, uh, was out for part of the game for a few minutes. And yet, SC still racked up 621 yards of total offense uh, and moved up and down the field with ease. Defensively, a completely different story. Um we, we like to talk about the advanced metrics here, Bill Connolly's numbers, uh, the S&P Plus and, and whatnot. Uh, I, I just I pulled it up. The um, post-game win expectancy, by the way, 81.2% for the Trojans. Adjusted scoring margin is just seven points, which means the game played out like you would think it would play out. Nothing weird. Uh, mostly because there was only one turnover in the game. There's the interception. And it sort of matches with the three and out that SC had on offense, uh, cancel those out. And those were the big uh, drives where the teams didn't score in the second half. But Alicia, you look at the numbers from uh, the box score that, that Connolly put out and tweeted. It is not good for the defense. A lot of bright green for, for Arizona on, on defense uh, yards per play. SC was at 8.1 Arizona, 7.9 success rate. SC 53.2. That's really good. Arizona 47.8. Explosive rate was 23.2. And as Bill Connolly puts here, the Trojans are now 119th in success rate allowed defensively. It's not great. Not Not great, Bob. Not great, Bill. Not great, anyone. Um, Yeah. Success rate is a very, very telling measure for a defense. It's not the only measure because I think USC was giving up a high success rate while not giving up very many points in in you know previous games of this season. So you know you you don't have to have a good success rate in order to to have a defense that limits the opposing team uh, on the scoreboard, but it certainly helps. It certainly helps to make it harder for an opposing offense. And USC has done a very poor job of doing that. Uh, over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we we looked at it and said that Arizona did have an offense that that might have some juice to it. So it's not like we didn't see it coming. I think that uh, what you and I saw coming, though, was more in the 20 to 30 point range, not the 37 point range with a feeling that they could have, you know, if there were more possessions in the game, USC certainly would have scored more points, but Arizona would, would have as well. So, right. It's it's an issue, but at, at the same time, I think that this defense is uh, is banged up, and um, this was one of the more difficult offensive matchups that they're going to face for a few weeks. So you sort of get healthy and get right over the next two weeks. I told you the other day that like if USC gives up success rate and yards and points and stuff at this rate against the likes of Cal and Colorado, then you really really got a problem. For now, you just sort of 
lick your wounds and see what you can get better as you get guys back and, and as you sort of adjust to what the realities of the season are. So that's sort of where USC is at. Yeah, I I think the the thing for me is not necessarily giving up yards to Arizona. Arizona's put up yards on, on everybody. It's the comparison in the number of those yards and the number of points in comparison to, say, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, the the Arizona Oregon game a couple weeks ago. I'm I'm trying to uh, to pull up the numbers right now. Like, um, Arizona gets is held to 22 points in that game. Oregon wins 49-22. Uh, Jaden Alara only throws for 241. Um, everything his passer rating in that game is 108.4. Compare that to Saturday night. It was 153.1. So drastic difference there. Uh, you look at the uh, 5.7 yards per attempt is uh, is much better than what USD limited him to. Right. Arizona's offensive success rate against Oregon was 25%. Yeah. The success rate against SC was, yeah, back to, um, according to stat broadcast, 39%. According to Bill Connolly's numbers, uh, it's up at 47.8%. Obviously, success rate determined differently depending on who's doing it. But yeah, th- that's the thing as it doesn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big thing if Arizona was putting up the same exact performance against Oregon. Um, but when SC is in a race now where they're trying to win the conference and they're going to have to beat UCLA at the end of the year, they're going to have to hope that the chips fall where, where they may and that they get, uh, another date with with Utah or Oregon uh, or first time with Oregon or maybe a perhaps a rematch with UCLA if things go a certain way they're going in order to win those games they're going to have to have a defense defensive effort that allows them to win the football game and yes I know SC's offense is incredible right now and in a shootout anything goes but at the same time, you you help your your defense drastically if you can make a, a few more of those stops. Now, Bryson Shaw ends up playing a, a, a key role that this weekend. Uh, he's ultimately the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week, seven tackles and an interception. Kind of surprised he got the the nod there. Um, there must not have been very many defenders of the week, to be honest, because. He had, he had, a, he good had game. a good game, yes. but like normally you'd think player of the week would be like a great game. And I, yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I, I didn't watch enough of the, the other PAC 12 games this week. I was watching uh, more other games outside of the conference, but yeah, I, it, it's, you, you need more of that. And I want to see what this defense can be um, with Bryson Shaw there and with Eric Gentry there at the same time. I think that's going to be interesting. Uh, the injuries on, on offense seem to be more plentiful than the injuries on defense, and yet the offense was surely the more successful unit on uh, on Saturday night, right? I mean, not, <laughs> yes, <laughs> obviously. Uh, the offense is – and this is what we sort of expected. Like, we expected the offense to carry this team and the defense to, to have shaky moments, and, and that's sort of what we've gotten, but – um, yeah, USC's offense, the individual offensive performances that we saw from USC were far outweighing. I mean, after the game, we talked about giving players of the game out 
And I wasn't willing to hand one over to any of the defenders because there were too many good players on offense who really stood out. Um, so that's sort of where USC is at. USC's too deep on deep on offense is just superior to its too deep on defense. Uh, USC's front line on offense is superior to what it has at the front line on defense. But like once you get down to another level of it, to the, to the second and third string, it's not even close. The resources that USC has on offense to turn to compared to the resources that USC has to turn to on defense. And, you know, maybe there is more to come with someone like Bryson Shaw sort of emerging from that injury that he had. Um, we've talked about, you know, getting Eric Gentry back, getting Raylan Goforth back, getting Corey Foreman healthy. Damani Jackson has been injured. So getting all of those guys back, you maybe strengthen your front line and your depth. But until that happens, you're sort of going to have to be, I think, content with leaning on the offense, letting them do their thing, and writing that and sort of taking what you get with the defense because I think you can get away with that. Certainly until you meet UCLA, like over the next two weeks, USC's offense alone should be able to win games. The defense could put in two total duds, and I don't want that to happen, but that could happen. And USC could still roll in each of those games if the offense is what it looks like. Yeah. Um, the, the the next couple of weeks, <laughs> drastically easier for USC on the defensive side of the ball. Cal and Colorado, not exactly burners on the offensive side of things. Um, the, the thing about the defense for me is we talked through the first six games, so pre-Utah, about how this defense was – you know, making a, a key point in allowing SC to win games comfortably, right? Like you look back at the Washington State game, SC's offense was not explosive in that game. SC scored what was it, 30 points? Was it 30 to 14, right? Yeah. And SC's offense was not explosive, not the same way that they were against Utah and not the same way they were against Arizona. Uh, and really the Air Utah and Arizona games are the, the games in which the offense did finally find that explosive element. Um, and those are the two games that the defense, everything goes to hell in. And which goes back to the, the conversation that we had uh, in the car cast, which, and, which if, if you missed that was, is this a result of the defense or of USC speeding up everything up on offense and that putting the defense out to dry? Um, to which we got a YouTube comment on the car cast from G. Uh, G. Gibb, 1986, it says, I think slowing down the offense assumes that the defense is helped by the rest it provides them. Uh, they seem to be giving up yards and points just as much when they're fresh. I'm not sure if that theory works. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, the, I think the difficult thing is the correlation between the two games where SC is extremely explosive, the Utah and Arizona game, or the two games where the defense absolutely looks like a sieve. Um doesn't help, but it makes it easy to to go to, well, that's just the problem. I don't think that's just the problem. Because while they were giving up yards against, say, Fresno State, they were still making the stops at the end of the day, right? Like I I, I think that the I think the defense still has those stops in them. Um the the shootouts of the last two weeks. I I don't know. Like there's part of me that says, well, one of them was against a Utah offense led by Cam Rising in in a moment at, at home and all that stuff like 
that the way that game was going, that a shootout was almost inevitable, uh, even if we didn't predict it going into it. And the Arizona game is Arizona had nothing to lose and they were going to sling the ball around anyways. But that puts that takes the the uh, the defense off the hook, and I, I don't want to do that either. I don't know. I, I I go back to the 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 comment from Jay Gibb uh, about. Yeah, slowing down the offense just assumes for sure that that helps the defense, and I'm not sure that it does either. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think that it's the best counter to the idea of slowing down the offense to give your defense a rest, which I am, I would be on board with because I like USC's running game. I'd like to see more of Travis Dye. I'd like to see more of Relique Brown and those guys. We saw a couple of really nice runs from Austin Jones too, so if he can get in there and not be a, a – liability in, in pass protection, then I'd like to see more of him too. Yeah. But that's a good point that slowing things down does not mean that you make your defense better because your defense might just be what it is, which is a very limited bunch who is banged up and, and dealing with the realities of that. And in the Arizona game, that might've just been what they, I mean, If you go into the Arizona game knowing that you're going to run a dime defense because you don't have any other linebackers to use and just you're going to say, screw it, then you might go into that game saying, screw it. Their defense is bad. We're just going to put up however many points we need to put up against them and roll. And if that means being explosive through the passing game, then we're just going to be explosive through the passing game. I think that's a not unreasonable approach. I also don't think it would be unreasonable to sit back and say, you know what? No, we're going to try and give our, our defense as much potential help as possible. Even if we don't guarantee that they're going to be better, we're going to see if that helps. And we won't necessarily know that that is the case unless we sort of see that happen. Um, And I don't know that we have necessarily seen that happen. Now, the one sort of counter to that is that USC has 40 rushing attempts against Washington state, which is when the offense scores 30, but the defense gives up only 14. And that is not a game where turnovers or red zone luck is involved because USC doesn't force a turnover and they don't necessarily stop Washington state in the red zone. They only let them get there twice. So in that game, it was very much a more traditional strong defensive performance is that, a reflection of the season high rushing attempts possibly i don't know that i've done enough of a sort of deep examination of that game to figure that out but it's certainly something that that could be possible um it's just hard to it's hard to know it's hard to know and and i guess the thing is if you win you win and if you lose then you kind of sort of have a come to jesus moment yeah, in the in the chat we got a comment from Pablo who says that at, at Stanford we were explosive in the first half, slowed down the second half, and the defense suddenly improved. Also, less chances to mess up. To which Sam said, "Stanford played man man to man in the first half and quickly found out you can't do that against SC." Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the if if the correlation is there or if it's like if the you know it's the whole co- correlation versus causation thing, right? Um, I'm look. I pulled up the numbers. The first half against Stanford, you look at yards per play. SC was at 11.1. Stanford 6.8. Second half, SC drops to 4.6. Stanford drops to 3.7. They still scored 14 points in that second half, 
but it very much felt like garbage time, right? Like um, Stanford moved the ball in the second half, but not nearly at the same rate and, and not nearly the same way. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I tend to think that, like, like I talked about in the car cast, if you have the ability to be explosive, why would you not be explosive? And I go back to the mentality that the that reigns supreme in the Big 12, and we talked about Big 12 bad before, and part of that is this mindset that if you are a Big 12 team, and this usually with a lot of the air raid teams specifically, but this goes for the Big 12 in general, that you can, you'd rather create a force the other team into a shootout because you have confidence that you can outgun them and that you are going to 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 you know be better on offense than than the other team and just put all the pressure on them that way and there's so there's a part of me that looks at it and like yeah when you when you're SC and you have an offense that has the Bolitnikov winner on it and Heck, he didn't even play Saturday and SC was still able to put up 600 yards. But when you when you have him and you have Max Williams and, and when they're healthy even, and when you have all these weapons that SC had that um, at, at wide receiver and you have, uh, you know, Travis Dye who's so experienced and, and so productive and you have a quarterback who is producing at an insane level like Caleb Williams right now, why would you handcuff them? Right, like this also isn't one of those games that I certainly when when I was watching it was feeling like Arizona was begging USC to run. When I took note, Arizona was sort of stacking the box, and and I think that Arizona, if I was Arizona, I certainly would have come in and said, "Okay, you don't have your top receiver. Let's see, you know, see if these other you know scrubs can beat us." Yeah, and the answer to that was yes. So if I was Arizona, I would have thought, yeah, I don't want Travis Dye to beat me because that's what everyone knows we're we're bad against the run. So like in this particular game, I don't know that that was the the issue. But I did have an issue with that against Utah, and I do think there there is yes, if you can be explosive, be explosive. But that doesn't mean that there isn't value to slowing things down as well. Well, I I also don't think that. Be, I don't think there's a it, – it's not an X, Y axis for me where it's not about like um, explosive means pass and uh, slowing things down means run. Like it, it, that's not how it works. Um, where SC has been so far this year, the run game has still been, you know, able to be explosive when – maybe not explosive in the sense that they're not, you know – uh, die isn't running for 30 yard gains on, on the regular, but when they're getting, you know, six, seven yards a pop uh, and they're being as successful as they are, uh, I'm not. I don't, yeah, I don't but that's success. That's not explosiveness. What we saw sure, from USC yes. passing offense against Arizona was pure explosiveness. Right. There but, were explosive plays. But, but left what and I'm right. saying is, yes, they can run more and still be explosive at the same time. Uh, and maybe not explosive to the same rate. I, yeah, but- I just. But it was very clear that the run-pass splits against Arizona were not equal. Well, surely not. No, they, they definitely leaned more into the pass. Um, and, and it it really, I do find it interesting um, that so far what we've, what we've seen is that, yeah, when 
when there's a guy down in the passing game, SC throws the ball more. When this is an, an opponent that uh, struggles to stop the run, SC throws the ball more. And I don't know if that's just uh, Lincoln Riley riding the hot hand. In the last two weeks, Caleb Williams has been the hot hand, so screw it, go for it. Or if there is some sort of like, you know, gamesmanship aspect to it or whatnot. I just go back to still when SC has been so successful doing what they've done, it does feel nitpicky to be like, well, they should have run the ball more. And and if they run the ball more, the defense would have surely been helped. I, I think okay, just, here's the problem though. Assumptive. Here's the problem though. It was a 45 to 37 win. Yeah. And people are going to talk about the defense, but there's not that much to say about the defense other than either they're bad or they're banged up. So if, you if you can't solve they the question of their batter they're banged up, then you start to try and grasp at other options to discuss. And so that's why everyone's talking about the run game because Arizona's sure. run defense is bad and USC decided not to run against it. Yeah. Why was that? I think that could have been a calculated choice. If it was, that's fine. But I don't know that you can get away with that choice but in what, every what game I, in the future if right. you're just if you if if you think that you can outscore Dorian Thompson Robinson in UCLA, I think you will be sorely mistaken. So maybe you do need to look at other. You don't situations. think USC could outscore them? There is an op. There is a situation where if USC just tries to get into a shootout with UCLA, that they might not be able to outscore them. I do think USC can, but that doesn't mean I think they will. I, I that's a fifty-fifty on who's going to outscore who, if you ask me. Sure, but I I think yeah I. I I like SC's offense against UCLA in terms of the defense, certainly not. And so, yeah, if, you, if you're going to put it that way, um, yeah, but we'll, we'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a couple of weeks, but yeah, for, for me, it goes back to in talking strictly about the defense, do, do those things. Do we know for sure that, that that correlates to the defensive effort? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. We don't know that it doesn't though. We don't know that it does. Yeah, so we're at the impasse. <laughs> sure, uh, a couple of things that I did want to bring up. I, I, I did my uh, my thing of looking up some stats. Didn't look up a million stats over the uh, uh, over the weekend, but some of them. Uh, so I want to and ask you, and also ask the uh, the YouTube audience here. Um, of these players, maybe four USC pass catchers. Who has the most career catches as a USC Trojan? Mario Williams, Brew McCoy, Kyle Ford, or Josh Follow? Weirdly, who I has think, the most career catches as a USC Trojan? I think it's Josh Follow. Mario Williams, Brew McCoy, Kyle Ford, or Josh Follow? Who has the most? I think it's Josh Follow. You're gonna say why? What's your? Uh, well, people in, in the YouTube chat can add in their their answer. Mario Williams, Drew McCoy, Kyle Ford, or Josh Follow. Give me your expl- uh, explain why it's Josh Follow. Uh, Follow played multiple years where he was getting a dozen or so catches in each of those years. So that's sort of just my thought, just the longevity. If it's not Follow, I think it's Mario Williams because he might already have 40. I don't know. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> The chat is uh, completely all they're with me. They're, they're all on Josh Follow. Yeah. Uh, JY says uh, Mario Williams. The answer is Kyle Ford. Really? It's Kyle Ford. 
Uh, Kyle Ford has career-high six catches for 114 yards and a touchdown on Saturday against Arizona. He has 28 catches as a Trojan. Mario Williams has 26. Wow. Um, obviously, sample size here. Yeah. Kyle Ford is in season four, season four in which he has hasn't got starting reps and all those kind of things, and Mario Williams has, but Brew McCoy, 21 catches. Josh Follow, 21 catches in his 38 years at USC so far. <laughs> but, yeah, I would have expected it could be Follow um, or Williams. I wouldn't have expected Kyle Ford, but it's Kyle Ford. That's, I mean, that's surprising to me. But, again, he's sort of more in that Josh Follow mold of longevity. He's been around. He's caught some passes here and there in, in a few seasons. And Mario Williams just has only had seven games of, uh, of of playing time that he split with Jordan Addison. So, yeah. 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 Uh, n- next little stat question to ask you. Travis Dye. Travis Dye had his fifth 100-yard rushing game for the Trojans on Saturday. Five. Uh, with 113 yards on 20 carries. Which we talk about SC not running. That was his second most um, carried game of the season. Twenty carries, second most. Um, well, what were the splits on that though? Because I think people are asking why USC wasn't running more earlier. They gave Travis Dye a lot of carries at the end of the game to close things out. That was the same way with the Washington State game, though. Yeah, uh, he fair. ends up with twenty-eight against Washington State, mind you. Yeah, he probably ran more earlier on in the game. That's why it's twenty-eight against Washington State and not 28 against Arizona in the same way. But, yeah, for sure. I No, I I, I, I mean, I had sure. 10 carries at halftime, so he did have – he did he did have 10 carries. Yeah. 20 carries all told. So uh, 500-yard rushing games. So my question for you is, uh, since Reggie Bush and Lendale White left of the 2005 season – how many USC rushers have accomplished that feat? Five 100-yard games. In a season or in a career? In a career. In a career. Yeah. Since Reggie and Lindell. Since um, Reggie and Lindell, yeah. Uh, I wrote I wrote down my, my answer on a little post-it. Okay. So here, here's my thought. I, I was wrong, by the way, but I'm, I'm just – go for it. I think there's a chance that uh, Moody McNeil could be in that category. Mark Tyler, maybe. I don't know. He he sort of was in and out, and there was a stable. Um, Buck Allen, Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. So you- Stephon Johnson, maybe. Okay. Uh, my guy Vi didn't have a lot of 100 yard games, but like he hmm. could also be in that in that list. Okay, still going? No, I'm I'm good. You're done. So you're saying you said Rojo, Buck Allen, um, Curtis McNeil, Mark Tyler, and Stephon Johnson. That's what you said. It's five guys. Yes. So you're locking into that. Okay. Sure. I said Rojo. Okay. Buck, CJ Gable. Okay. Said where Joe McKnight, Curtis McNeil, and Chauncey Washington. That's what my guess was. Mm, Chauncey and Joe McKnight. Which was seven guys. Are good. Yeah. We were both 
considerably off. It was more dudes than I would have thought. Okay. Uh, so it's one, two. Uh, so is it like your list plus my, li- my list? Uh, so, sort of, yeah. So it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Eleven guys have done Silas it. Silas inclu- Red. Including Travis Dye. So it's and Justin Davis, yeah. Ronald Jones with 14, Buck Allen 13, Sed Ware, Curtis McNeil, and Joe McKnight with seven. Trey Madden. I, was why six. didn't I include Trey Madden? He had those four in a Ju- row. Justin Davis, Silas Red, Mark Tyler, Stephon Johnson, Travis Dye all have five. The crazy thing is, Alan Bradford, I thought for sure was on this list. Alan Bradford like only got four games of real action, though. Like <laughs> of like he was the main man, if that. Uh, Alan Bradford, I thought for sure was going to be on this list. And it's because he had like two 200 yard games and then and like a couple of 150 yard games, but or 140 yard something. But he only had like four, four where he had over 100 and they were all way over 100. Yeah. But uh, did not get 500 yard games. Uh, So, yeah, then kudos to Travis Dye for becoming uh, the 11th guy since uh, Bush and and White to have uh, 500 yard games. I mean, Silas Red, I think, is the only one of those that would have done that in one season. So that's very impressive. Well, Silas Red is here too. Oh, that's right. So it's not even. Yeah. So Travis died doing that in in, in eight games. We're, is, we're talking one impressive. season. I think it's Rojo and Buck. Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, uh, other thing that we, we totally missed here before we get to the over-under is the news. We never did the news. Um, at the beginning of this episode. Uh, so uh, really quick. Yeah, Bryson Shaw, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year. We got that in there. Uh, yeah, we got, we got that in. Uh, and then the other thing is the polls update. SC slightly moves up to number nine in the AP, nine in the coaches. Uh, they're 10th in Jeff Sagarin. Uh, we don't know what S&P Plus is quite yet. Um, Oregon State is now 24th in the AP poll, meaning that USC has beaten a currently ranked team. Um, which is going to be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night when the first edition of the college football playoff rankings come out. Um, I always find the ranked teams thing interesting because it's a depend on who you ask thing about whether or not that's a rank, that's a ranked team because a lot of places with count ranked wins as the day of. Yeah. Uh, so that would not count Oregon State as a ranked win for USC because Oregon State was not ranked at the time. I want to say that they were ranked. They were the they were the twenty six team. They were yeah. the, f- the first ones out in the in the in the next receiving votes. Well, but- and that's why I think the ranked wins on the day of is such BS because USC was a couple of votes away from having multiple rank wins this year. If if uh. Fresno State State was like 27th. Oregon State was 26th. Washington State was on the verge. It's not what you are on the day. It's what you are at the end of the season, which is why tallying ranked wins right now is premature. We'll see what ranked wins each of these teams has when you get to the end end of the regular season and can look back, okay, who actually is ranked and who is not. Yeah. to, To me, it's all about context. Because it's the context that matters. If you're playing Oregon in in, in 2007, um, then beating them when they were a ranked team and a you know the number two team in the country uh, is a whole different thing than playing them when they don't have uh, you know 
Dixon at uh, at Dennis Dixon at, at quarterback, right? Yeah. So it's a whole completely different thing. So, um, but like if BYU had beaten Oregon in week three, and we were counting it based on day of, then BYU wouldn't have a ranked win when then they didn't obviously. But let's in this hypothetical, if BYU had gotten that win, they wouldn't have a ranked win because Oregon wasn't ranked at that time but now Oregon is ranked a top 10 team you're not going to tell me that that's not an, an impressive win at that point well, like, Oregon wouldn't be ranked in the top 10 if I they mean, would have had that loss but yeah no yeah. I, I get what you're saying yeah yeah, yeah it, it's it's one of those things that it's it's all about the context and then there's there's more nuance than whether you're ranked now or then it's the context of either or um so I, I think that the committee I think is probably going to be a little bit better about those things because they can look at it and say they can talk that out a yeah. little bit more. Um, so that would be interesting. But yeah, uh, future opponents for SC, of course, UCLA ranked 10th. Uh, Oregon, potentially a future op- opponent in the Pac-12 championship game, is ranked one spot ahead of SC at eight. Notre Dame, by the way, the season finale, um, the 12th game of the season, final game of the regular season, uh, is currently 30th. They are the uh, the fifth-ranked team in the others receiving votes. So that's going to be interesting. You you talked about it um, to me before we started recording. If they beat Clemson, they're definitely going to be ranked. Um, but there's a chance maybe if, even if they play well against Clemson and, and win their remaining games, maybe they could sneak in there at, at 25. Like, those spots down there from twenty from twenty onwards are always a, a crapshoot. Yeah, they're up for grabs. Um, with Notre Dame, it it will be interesting because they're, they're such a weird team. They're like starting to put things together, but they still lost to Stanford, and that doesn't make any sense. Uh, they get Clemson this weekend. They'll get Navy and Boston College. They should win both of those games. So, sort of thinking about it, and like Notre Dame will at worst be a seven and four team. It's not terrible, even though we sort of got to write them off early in the season. If they beat Clemson going into that final game of the season, uh, that's an, a, an eight and three Notre Dame team with a top five win on their, on their resume. They should be ranked and, and start to sort of be taken a lot more seriously at that point. So could be really interesting. Um, the UCLA thing is fun because USC and UCLA just don't have to screw up in the next two weeks. Like they will be huge favorites. UCLA yeah. gets Arizona State at Arizona State. Maybe a tricky game. Maybe Arizona State sort of maybe starting to figure things out. I don't know. Uh, they get Arizona State and Arizona. Obviously, we saw what Arizona's offense can do. Um, but I think that at worst, UCLA will do to Arizona what USC did to Arizona, which is just score 45 on them when right so like ucla should win both of those games and and usc should win their next two games as well against uh, cal and colorado so we are likely looking at a huge showdown at the rose bowl between two at least top five if not sort of creeping up towards tops top six depending on what the rest of the uh it would be as it stands now it would be the biggest since 2005 yeah, and the crazy thing is the 2005 game. I remember the lead up to that game. I would walk home every day from school, listening to Petros and then Fred Rogan on on 1540 the uh, the ticket or whatever it was called at the time. And there was a, there was like a whole segment on 
which UCLA player could start on SC's roster? <laughs> and the answer was like none. Like maybe you can make the, the case for Mercedes Lewis, but like that was it. Like you could you could say that you could pick Lewis over over Dominique Bird, mm-hmm. but like that was it. Yeah. That was it. And I don't and, think we'll be having those kinds of conversations. No, you're not going to have the, that conversation this year. Uh, and secondly, you're going into the, uh, uh, it would be a matchup this year in which you can flip a coin and it's going to be very fascinating to see who picks who and, and, and whatnot. It's, it's going to be a give or take. Whereas the 2005 game SC of course wins 66 to 19. And it was sort of always going to be that way. Yeah. They didn't have a chance. Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Rain of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Rain of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. You've got mail. Uh, let's go to the over-under. Um, look back at our over-under picks from the past game against Arizona. Uh, Alicia, you entered with a one-game lead. You were 26 and 25 coming in. I'm 25 and 26 going in. Not very good for me. 
Your first over under was 0.5 tackles for loss for Hunter Eccles, a.k.a. will he get a tackle for loss? Uh, he led Arizona with tackles for loss going into the game. I took the over. 70.7% of the Robots took the over. It was under. He had zero. Yeah, I I feel good about that one. I I didn't want to set it too high and sort of have you give you the option to take the under. I had a feeling he would get held. Yeah, I I I thought there was a chance he could just get one. It sometimes it doesn't even have to be a, a crazy play to get a, a TFL, TFL and uh, didn't get it. Uh, next one over under two hundred and thirty three point five rushing yards. I said, which would be a new season high for the Trojans because Arizona on. On the ground, the rush defense, uh, not good. You took the over for that, which locks me into the under. 56.1% of uh, our, our players online, the Robots, took the over, and it was under 210, uh, albeit 53 of those yards came via the uh, Michael Jackson the third reverse. No reason that this shouldn't have been uh, the over. No reason. Just... If they were to... one one carry instead of one other pass, and you probably get this over. Yeah, a couple of carries. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't have taken much yeah. for sure. Well, really, the issue was that the because the defense kept letting them score, USC's offense was never real. There was a really only one point in the game where USC's offense was in a position to just say we're just going to run out the clock completely here, and that went away very quickly because that three and out. So, um, yeah, if USC's defense had been able to get off the field probably hit this over pretty easily yeah the next one you said over under three and a half sacks for sc sc of course uh had had zero against oregon uh sorry oregon uh utah and oregon state the last of the previous two road games but at four and five sacks against everybody else um i took the under 61 percent of the robots took the under and it was two sc had exactly two yeah, I did not count on Jaden Delara being that running every that, time. That's yeah. uh, that that untouchable. So yikes for me. Yeah, he he uh, he avoided a few sacks. Um, also, like USC was sending blitzes left and right, and dudes were just yeah. whiffing left and right. So credit to Delora, but also man, <laughs> I just got unlucky a couple times there. Yeah, my next one was was over under 334.5 passing yards for the Wildcats. Uh, that was their season average. Uh, you took the under on that, which locks me into the over. 60% of the Robots took the under, and it was over. It was considerably over, 380, almost 50 yards over. Why did I take that under? I don't know. I mean, to to go back to the thing I talked about, the Oregon game, I mean, Oregon held them to under. SC couldn't do it. I just feel like an idiot for taking that under. I don't know. Maybe I expected them to run the ball more. I don't know. I don't know. That well, was dumb of me. Again. If SC would have gotten the same production out of the uh, the first half, where's the, the, how many passing yards did they have in the first half? Um... Hold on. Here we go. First half, Arizona had 106. Yeah, because I, I, I talked about it earlier that midway through the third quarter, I was 
perfectly happy with where USC's defense was. But from that point on, it sort of went to hell. And yeah, if, if you if they would have just kept on the pace of what SC had done through the first, say, 35, 40 minutes of the game, they get the under there. But Arizona... In the first half, it felt like Arizona was completing incredible passes, but they weren't. It wasn't like every play. Yeah. And Jaden Delora was having to run for for first down. 188 of those yards came in the third quarter. Yeah. And really, it was towards the end of the third quarter. Those two drives, right? Like, Mm -hmm. um, you you look at the the scoring drives, the two touchdowns at the end of the third quarter, uh, seven total plays for 137 yards yeah that's predominantly through the air too including the 70 something yarder so uh yeah that was the bulk of it right there um you said over under 49 and a half points for the trojans of course arizona has given up exactly 49 to their last three opponents they had lost to oregon washington and cal i took the under 54 percent of the robots took the under it was under it was 45 just a smidge under this one's really annoying because, like, if you watched that offense, if if you had sort of watched that offense without a score, like, and I like, and I had asked you, is that a fifty-point offense or not? Like, I think I would have easily said that's a fifty-point offense. Like, I don't know where, I mean, I know where those those points went. They went in a couple field goal attempts and the halftime fiasco and that three and out. But like that still felt like a 50 point performance. So that's frustrating. Yeah. Uh, the, the last two weeks, I think SC has on offense has played like they should have scored more points. Yeah. And mind you, SC misses two field goals, two Lynch field goals that were missed. And there was a third that they weren't allowed to take. So if they, you know, Lynch makes those two field goals and if, or, Let's say he makes one of those two that he misses. The 56-yarder, yeah. I'm not, you know. But if USC whatever. goes for that instead of kicking that field goal, if they go for the fourth down, sure, maybe. I don't know. Maybe uh, you set up a different field goal. More simply, if he makes one more field goal um, uh, and then gets the one before the half two, suddenly you're at uh, you're you're at 51 points. So there, there you go. It was right there. It was in the cards for SC to get 50 points, but they didn't get it. Uh, next one, over under one and a half Jaden Alari interceptions. Um, he continues to go under. You took the under on that. Uh, 59% of the Rotbots said under, and it's another game in which he has gone under. Dude's kind of on a roll right now. Yeah, he's taking care of the football, and USC is not forcing quarterbacks into making bad decisions enough. And credit to him because I thought that there were moments when USC was getting close to him and a a less confident quarterback might have been forced into those mistakes and he just stepped out of the way of players and took off and, and gained yards. So good, good on him, credit to him, but uh, yeah, that's um, feel good and hidden that one. So the last one was from Adam Panoy in the YouTube chat who said over under 0.5 Caleb Williams led drives in the fourth quarter. You took the over, I took the under 83%. The Rotbots took the over. I should have taken the over. It was over. It was under. Yeah, I mean, e- even if the game had gone more smoothly on defense, I, it just feels like Caleb doesn't get taken out until it's, like, beyond absolutely necessary. So, Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, 
I go four and three on the week. You go three and four, which means we are now tied 29 and 20, 29 through nine weeks. Uh, nine weeks, eight games, four games left. Um, it's going to be fun going into uh, November. We'll see how the over-under shakes up for you and I. For everybody else, it's getting fascinating as well because uh, for the week, we had one perfect score. Big shout-out to Moose Pants. Moose Pants? Great name, by the way, Moose Pants. 7-0. <laughs> uh, there were a few 6-1s. G Young 08, Britt from Irvine, Alaska Trojan. And all told, this is the current top 10 for the season. At least we have a three-way tie at ni- with uh, with ninth place between Cali Cat, L.A. Fred, and Randy from Redlands. They are at 34-24. and 24. One game ahead of them is a four-way tie for fifth place between G. Young 08, Ocean Beach Trojans, Piwello, and Tatfreak. Two games ahead of them. Solely in fourth place is Moose Pants. Moose Pants. Fresh off that 7-0 week. Hell of a week for Moose Pants. Uh, and then one game ahead of them at 38-20, and 20, a three-way tie for first place. Carrie from Chicago, Jay Vandy, Ryan from Arizona. Looking pretty good. Top yeah. of the, the leaderboard uh, for the over-under. It has been a tight, tight battle there on the over-unders. I'm, I'm watching it closely. I'm, I'm excited yeah. to see how our rap bots continue to do in yeah. the final month of the season. Let's give, uh, Lincoln's Pfizer in the chat says, congratulations, Moose Pants. Yeah, big big round of applause for uh, for Moose Pants here. Yeah. Golf club. Uh, game predictions, of course. You said SC would win 55-28. I said 49-24. Vegas had the Trojans by 15 and a half at the time that we did our fallout episode rundown. Um, SC won by eight. Uh, they did not cover. Uh, they won 45-37. That's where everything stands. All right, let's move on to the mailbag. Uh, let's go to a YouTube comment we got from the CarCast from Supercat. It says, the Trojans are 7-1 and one under, under uh, Lincoln Riley. He's only coached eight games. Fans' expectations are too high. Pete Carroll's success took time. UCLA has had time. Riley and Grinch will recruit to balance out the offense and the defense. Alicia, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there have been discussions about, like, firing Grinch or looking for a new D.C. or all that kind of stuff. And I just think that where USC is, you need to continue to remember this is year one. It's incredible what we've seen from this year one defense, from this year one offense, but they still have room to grow, too. Year one defense has immeasurable amounts to grow. I just urge everyone to remember what this defense looked like this time last year. It was it was not even close to being you don't even have to go that far. Literally two weeks ago, uh well, you know, I guess three weeks ago because of the bye week, going into the Utah game, six games into the season, we were asked on the pod who is which coordinator has been better so far this year, Riley or Grinch. We said Grinch, and you know people agreed. Like we, it, it wasn't a hot take at the time. Like, um, it's been the last two games that have really just plummeted everything down for um, for the defense, where it looks bad for for Alex Grinch. But I think there's still time to make that up. I mean, these next two games against Cal and Colorado are going to allow the defense to sort of flex their muscle again. Cal's defense, I mean, offensive line, atrocious, like yeah. terrible. 
So, like, expect the, the defensive line to sort of – this is just what the, the doctor ordered for uh, for Tuli Tupelotu to, to get back on his act and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, still t- the, the biggest games on the season are, are still to come. If, if SC g- goes into those big games and, you know, shuts down DTR or at least limits him to, you know, 20 points, suddenly we're, we're talking about how great – you know, the defense has been in big moments again. So, well, the defense has won, won at least one game for USC, the, yeah. the, the uh, Oregon, State, Oregon game. State game. Yeah. And they were really good against Washington. And they're, you know, they're, they're continuing to be a work in progress. We knew they were going to be the weakness of this team. They have been the weakness of this team over the last two weeks. They've also played some offenses with some quarterbacks that are really, really tough in the last two weeks. And they've done so with, uh, with some injuries. So I wouldn't bury them yet. I think this is the reality check this past two weeks, mm-hmm. but they are also a better defense than 43 and, and 37 points would in, in the whole yeah. of a season. I'm not saying they're a good defense. Like they're, they're, they are sufficient for USC's needs in this season. Yeah. And like Mark says in the chat, let's remember uh, SC's ahead of schedule before the season. We expected a seven and five or eight and four season. Well, so I expect, I, I don't know that everyone did. I, I, I got, you know, a lot of uh, distrust for saying SC could go nine and three. And I went ten and two. Yeah. And USC is on track for ten and two, and that's that's beautiful. But yeah. uh, but you also, I mean, there's some good comments in the chat too. Here, Lincoln Lincoln's visor said Grinch actually called a good game. There was a mix of missed tackles, blown assignments, and too many yaks. Yeah, there were there were a lot of missed tackles in this game. A lot of bad angles. Uh, Malcolm in the chat says that Nick Figueroa and coverage is goofy and needs to not happen ever again. Like. Yeah, Nick Figueroa was put in coverage. Like we saw, I think there was a point where Tuli Tupelotu was was back in coverage. Like it was one of those weird games where they were trying to pull everything they could out of the hat because they just didn't have any other solutions at linebacker. So I think that uh, I think that we'll see more from this defense as they continue to grow, bring in reinforcements and and all of that. Just I, I just I'm not ready to bury him. This I'm not there yet. Yeah, it's 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 still. Still early. Uh, not having Eric Gentry certainly uh, hurt, and Shane Lee, and unfortunately, is not the defensive equivalent limited. to uh, Jordan Addison. Yeah, uh, that, which I, we didn't think he was. That, so. that, that's fine. I, like, the the, the transfer portal stuff. Like, not everyone is going to be a superstar, um, and and you know, it, it's about piecing everything together and and seeing what you can uh, get out of that, and. Um, hopefully Shane Lee can contribute in other ways, right? Like that's the, that's the whole, the point of a lot of this. Um, SJ says, uh, would you rather see Brendan Rice or Kyle Ford more? Uh, I, we talked about it in the car cast. I, SC is in a very difficult spot on offense because I want to see a lot more of Kyle Ford. I want to see a lot more of Michael Jackson, the third. I want to see a lot more of Taj Washington. I'm very intrigued by Kyron Hudson. Like and Michael we, Jackson. We, we we talk about we want to see more really ground, right? Like yeah. and, and on top of this, more carries for Travis Dye. How are you gonna get all like you <laughs> and also the tight ends? Like Yeah, you can't do all this stuff. Yeah, it's it's tough. I personally right now I would reward Kyle Ford for his uh his reliability and performance against Arizona. But yeah. I remember his more career catches than Mario mm-hmm. Williams, Drew McCoy, and Josh Fowler. <laughs> yeah, but I, as I've said in the car cast, I think that uh, at this point, it's Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, and whoever the hell they want 
to throw the ball to. Like whoever yeah. whoever earns those reps on the field in practice, like I think you'll do fine. Yeah, for for sure. Um, FC is in a good spot with a wealth uh, of talent there. Uh, Cameron Bauer says, "Can we stop having seven thirty calling games?" This, of course, in reference to Saturday night's upcoming game against the uh, the Cal Golden Bears. Uh, another seven thirty game. I. I I keep going back to the the thing of, you know. It's it's not that I, are are people saying this about teams on the East Coast? Tennessee Maybe. just just played a seven thirty local game against a ranked Kentucky team. We are in the those message boards or on those podcasts, so it's, it's entirely possible people complain about this on the East Coast, but like. Well, the the thing that I see is like a bunch of Tennessee fans, like, oh my God, they're going to wear black and all this stuff. Like, people freaking yeah. out about that. Although, you certainly, there's got to be like, you know, some Tennessee crusties that are like, eh, no, you can't ever not wear uh, the orange weird color or orange and, and yeah. white, you know. No, I, I, I just think 7 30 is late. It means the game will finish late. I get it. I get it. But uh, I would personally rather have a 7:30 game than like a noon so that's yeah. my personal preference yeah there, there's there's a give and take i mean i like a 12:30 game but there's a there's there's a give and take i i don't, I don't mind either way uh anything is better than 9 a.m by the way that's fair yeah anything is better than 9 a.m i wasn't a huge fan of the four o'clock start to be honest just like and again i'm in a unique position because of my work and all that kind of stuff I mean, four or five the is the dream for me. Like that's the perfect. It just I don't know. It felt four felt a little early. Five feels more right than four. Like four just felt weird. We'll split the difference. Four thirty. Four thirty feels weird too. There, so. there you go. Len says any updates on Gentry status? No, I expect more of that uh, later on this week. Um, once uh, Lincoln Riley has time to meet the media later this week, we'll, I'm going to make a prediction. We'll get more of that. We are not going to know anything more about Eric Gentry's <laughs> status until because he's going to be called a game time decision and he's going to go out in pregame and people are going to say, well, is he warming up? And then we'll find out when the team comes out in uniform, whether or not he's playing. Uh, Tim in the chat says, my coworkers a UCLA grad. Most of their games have been 1230. He seems like he hated it more than I hated the 730 spot. So the irony about this is I love games under the lights. UCLA is playing this week at home against ASU. At seven thirty, they're they're at ASU. At ASU at seven thirty, yeah. and uh, Chip Kelly talked about how much he hated it because it's back to back seven thirty games, and so like it's yes, it's one of those things where like no one can ever agree on any of these things. The reality is everyone seems to love five o'clock games and everyone hates everything else. Yes, th- this is true. But also, if I was playing at Arizona State, yes, I would want a seven thirty. Mark Hoffman says we need more three thirty. Ga- 3.30 games. is just a weird time. No, no, that used to be the time back in the I day know. when I was a kid. It was you either played at 12.30 on ABC or 3.30 on like Prime Ticket or something. Yeah. yeah. Malcolm fell asleep during the Fresno State game. <laughs> Dude, this is what energy drinks are for. Yeah. I need to find a source for the energy drinks that I like, though, because I'm running out There's of one gas that, station. That you one found. gas station. And the last time I went in there, there was only like five cans left. Well, there were like. 10 cans left, and when I left, there were five cans left. You are a... And um, I'm pretty sure they're all expired anyway because they're not in production anymore. You're like, a Mountain Dew Kickstarter. Did I'm you Mountain look Dew at the Kickstarter. expiration date? No, because I would rather not know. If they taste bad, they taste bad. I'm so. genuinely curious. I think we've thrown them all away. Yeah, we can go look, but... 
<laughs> Anyways, yeah. uh, I looked L- into buying some on Amazon, and whoo, boy, are they trying to price gouge you there? Oh, I'm, I'm so I'm, yeah. I'm sure when it's when it's uh, no longer a normal thing like that. Yeah. Uh, Alex Alonzo says, "Why did Auburn fire Brian Harson?" They should have never hired him in the first place. Clearly, clearly wasn't the right fit. Clearly, I, I think Brian Harson is. I, I have a hard time thinking that he had that much success at Boise State to be a bad coach. Um, but he certainly fit. had some issues over there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. Um, See, did, Ma- did Malcolm good. doesn't have caffeine after one p.m., which is a very healthy decision. One that I do not <laughs> do not yeah, describe. Completely to. different than me, who will open up a Pepsi at like two a.m. I'm gonna. We're yeah. gonna finish this po- this podcast. I'm gonna go make a coffee or hope that my my brother has energy drinks at my parents house right now uh email from john in oakland uh hi rain of troy in case no one has commented on your award podcast frequency biannual biennial and semi-annual are adjectives that describe the frequency at which events occur both biannual and semi-annual mean twice a year Biannual just means twice a year. Semi-annual means twice a year, but once every six months. Huh. Okay, interesting. So while something biannual may happen in any two months of the year, a semi-annual event will only happen once every half a year or six months. Biannual means every other year. Fight on John in Oakland. So in other words, USC plays UCLA at the Rose Bowl. That game is a biennial rivalry. Biennially. It's a biennial road game. Yes, it's a biennial road game. Yes. But there, but, but signing day is a biannual event, but it's not a semi-annual event because they're not six months apart. Yes, and in basketball, USC and UCLA will play biannually. Yes. Yes. But I get car insurance new car insurance IDs semi-annually, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Email from Kai. Howdy, y'all. I couldn't wait for my schedule to line up with a YouTube live broadcast. So here's a note on a recent hot chicken gate for Michael. A recent Rockbot suggested checking out Hotville and Baldwin Hills. On their website, they have a tab of history of the restaurant. Guess who runs Hotville? Kim Prince, a.k.a. the Prince family, a.k.a. the same Prince's restaurant that Michael loves in Nashville, so it might be worth checking this place out. However, this will not stop me from pitching Dave's uh, X in a Troy merch, meaning Dave's Hot Chicken. Uh, Heisman Trophy, but the football player is the chicken, Tommy Trojan, but it's the chicken, the Trojan chicken riding traveler, uh, (laughs) traveler (laughs) night across the field, the Coliseum, Coliseum Torch, a blaze, but it's the chicken screaming <laughs> fire. A, a kicker going for a punt or a field goal, but it's the chicken instead of a football. <laughs> the overachiever in me would want to have mock-ups of all these three things by the end of the season. Whether it happens or not, we'll see. Either way, I love listening to y'all. My work schedule doesn't allow me to watch your 10 games often, so I get to play catch-up with your podcast. Thanks for all the hard work. Fight on, Kai. I would love to see these mock-ups even at the risk of getting a cease and desist order from Dave's object. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, we we got a uh, we got a tweet about um, maybe we should we should seek Stouffer's because we talked so much about the lasagna. Of course, yeah. we did have the Stouffer's or, lasagna last night. Yes, and it's one of these things like that Thanks. lasagna has been in the freezer for like three since, three four weeks since we started the lasagna debate that lasagna has been in the freezer and every time we've podcasted we've said should we just make that lasagna and we never and do for every some time reason. for whatever reason yeah. neither one well i know why it is because like to it me takes like it takes like 16 minutes in the microwave it's nine and minutes, like an hour in the in yeah the, it's the like oven. it's like an hour in the oven but it's nine minutes and then 16 minutes so it's 30 minutes in the oven in the microwave like at that point, you might as well have put it in the in the oven. In the oven, yeah, exactly. So we like it's just pure like laziness slash like it's too big of a thing. But in reality, it's so little of a thing because you just put it in the microwave and let it sit there, and then it cooks, and then it's done, and then you have it. And like we both ate it, and we're like, why don't we make this more often? It's really freaking good. So I don't know. We do need yeah. to still try the Kirk- Kirkland signature ground beef and italian sausage lasagna um <laughs> so lincoln's visor thank god i thought you were going to say that the lasagna was in the freezer for x months <laughs> no 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 uh no it wouldn't go that uh, glenn says got to go with the oven to get the cheese crispy yeah the, the oven is I'm, the best way to cook it it's just the oven is also the most inconvenient way hot, to cook it. hot take i don't i don't care for it crispy oh i like it doesn't need to be crispy I like it gooey, not crispy. The problem with the microwave, though, is you get some of it crispy, but it's like, it's like rock hard crispy. Like it's not crispy. It's like, like I was like, this is is too much information, but like the piece that I ate last night was the one specifically that had all the crusty cheese on it. And like that was, I was basically like, like sucking on it like a lollipop at a certain point because it was just like that hard. Like it was just, it was a rock. David Orange County says, uh, your personal all-time best Halloween costume. Ooh, okay, for me, it was when I was a kid and I went to, I actually won the uh, best homemade costume uh, category at my school um, because I took a box and like, I sort of like put little like shoulder straps over it. So I was like standing in the box. I put like for sale or for adoption or something on the front. And then I took a bunch of my little like beanie baby stuffed animal, like puppies and like rigged them up on the outside of the box. And then I had my mom do my face in like face paint, like a puppy. And I wore little like puppy ears and um, (laughs) it was very cute. And, uh, and I came up with it all myself. I was probably like seven I came up with it all myself. I did most of the work on it and I won the contest. So that was me. What kind of puppy were you? I think I was, I, I think I was like wearing like a Dalmatian like hoodie kind of thing. So that must be what I was. What What do you think about Dalmatians? Um, Notorious for being big assholes, right? Yes. And this is the problem is that one of my best friends growing up had a Dalmatian and that dog was an asshole and scared the shit out of me. So like, how I feel about Dalmatians is I love all dogs. And like, I, if, if you brought a Dalmatian to me right now, I would absolutely love on them. But my memory of being around a Dalmatian was just like, Oh my gosh, you're, you are too much. You are too much dog. <laughs> yeah. I, I just think of as, as a kid, you know, uh, 
101 Dalmatians comes out. That's like a big deal about Dalmatians. It's like, then you realize like, A, how rare the things are. Mm -hmm. And then B, they're also like huge. They're big big and they're very smart. And most dog owners aren't equipped to deal with dogs that are that smart. And so then they became, they they wreak havoc because. You got to love a dumb dog. Yeah. Dumb dogs are great. Like, yeah. That's one of my, I mean. I love our dog, but like, I wish she was dumber. Like it would be really, it would be easier for us if she was just brain dead, but she's not, she's a freaking border collie. So of course she's, you can't say that thing on, on the pod. You're going to get Peter come out. Wish she was (laughs) brain dead. My brother, my brother has like a mutt of a sort of pit bull mix. And that dog is dumb, but I love him. He's just like the derpiest, happiest, just like, kind of dog i love him he's great copite is amazing and he gets along great with with jesse but like jesse is just more of a handful to me at least (laughs) because i'm her owner um yeah i'm her owner too you are too yes but i too i tend to do the training and (laughs) deal with that kind of stuff i do i I do the 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 petting yeah you do the petting and the loving and (laughs) okay before we wrap this up really quick I wanted to do a tier list of um, Halloween candy. Uh, let's see. How can I? I'm going to try to get weird with this, see if this works. If you're watching this on YouTube, I'm going to try to share this tier list. Here we go. Cool. Uh, it is working. You have to turn on the video. I know. There you go. Now, there we go. Cool. So if you join us on YouTube, <laughs> uh, here we go. We are ranking the tier list of candy. Uh, we've got a top tier, high tier, mid tier, low tier, and bottom tier. We did not go through this and like rank these tiers. You probably should have done that at the beginning. Whatever. There it is. There top, tiers. high, mid, low, bottom, whatever. Baby Ruth, where are we going? Oh, when was the last time I had a Baby Ruth? It's just like nougat inside, right? I'd probably go mid tier. Uh, or is that the one with peanuts? I'm thinking it's low. It's got peanuts in there. Oh, if it's peanuts, it's low. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a big fan of peanuts low or bottom. Chocolate. I wouldn't choose one for myself. So, but but no, low tier because it probably wouldn't be terrible. There are other ones that I just wouldn't want to eat at all. Although I don't know that there. Well, yeah, there is one I can put in the bottom tier. So, all right, Milky Way, low tier again. Top right? tier. What? Top tier. I, I, I'll go high. Okay. Like I, the difference. This is not, we are not compatible to be doing a consensus uh, candy ranking ranking here. Uh, Kit Kat, clearly top top tier. tier. Yes. Yes. Butterfinger, bottom tier. Bottom tier. There you go. Yes. Not a fan. Uh, Toblerone. Mid tier. It's it's fine. Never had a Toblerone. I can't remember the last time I had a Toblerone. I don't even know exactly what's in a Toblerone. It's chocolate and there might be some like, maybe some. Mid, low, what are we doing? Put it mid because I just don't remember what it tastes like. Okay. Hershey's milk chocolate. Top tier. High, high tier? Top tier? High tier because uh, like I, Hershey's milk chocolate with some other stuff. As far as milk chocolate candy bars goes, it's bad. Like compared to say. You know, like Cadbury or. Like yes. Yeah. But or it, Dove. Yes. Compared yeah. to Dove. Which it's is bad. why I put, put right. it high tier because yeah, Dove yeah. is top tier. But it's that. but I like a milk chocolate bar for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um Snickers, bottom tier, right? I uh, low for me, but yeah, I could. I, I'm not tier. a big fan of yeah. Snickers. Twix, low, 
Uh, excuse me, no. High tier. Thank you. High tier. Love me a twist. What? Yeah. <laughs> we are losing followers because of our candy okay, opinions. Three musketeers, high tier. Uh, high tier, yeah. Yes, okay. Yeah. Almond Joy, bottom tier. I don't remember the last time I had an Almond Joy. It has coconut in it. Not edible. I like coconut. Not, not, not for human so, edibility. Yeah. Low tier low, then? We'll low, low. Yeah, because I need it. Okay, Reese's, not Reese's. If you call this Reese's, you need to reevaluate your humanhood. They're Reese's pieces and or Reese's, and yes, I'll go Reese's. low tier because and of bottom tier of the peanut butter chocolate candies out there. Like, if I had to eat a chocolate that was peanut butter is involved, I would eat the Reese's, but I'm I would never personally go out and get my own Reese's. So I'll go low tier. You'll go low tier. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, crunch top tier, M and M's top tier. Yes. All right. So if you're keeping score at home, the top tier candies are Kit Kat Crunch and M and M's. High tier is Milky Way, Hershey's Milk Chocolate Twix, and Three Musketeers. Mid tier so is Toblerone. We clearly need to go get a Toblerone to to redetermine That's, the mid tier. Sure. As and long as then, there's no nuts uh, in it, because nuts don't belong in candy and or anything. I need to go nuts get. Nuts don't a, belong in your mouth. Need to go get a <laughs> Baby Ruth and an Almond Joy just to double check. Um, <laughs> Lincoln's visor. This chart is violently offensive. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Glenn has been triggered. <laughs> um. Okay, you, hold on. You want it, you want me to fix this? Directly? Malcolm is spouting is spouting I, insanity by saying Dove is overrated. I am going to fix this. I uh, know he is. This is the this is the correct rankings here, <laughs> which is the correct rankings is top tier moved. Kit Kat Crunch M and M's, high tier Hershey's and Three Musketeers. And he has literally everything else in the bottom tier. Yes, that's correct. Your Twix slander and Milky Way slander is a lot. <laughs> Where's hundred grand though? Where's the hundred grand in this who, thing? Who gets a hundred? Hundred grands are grand amazing. Is for old people. No, they're so good, so uh, good. No, hundred grand is for old love a hundred grand. Okay, you, you know what's dumb about a Twix? The whole left Twix, right Twix bullshit. Like, come on. Uh, the, do you even do you have a preference on the two? I don't. You're gonna tell me you do. Twixes are Twix. You did if you if you rotated a hundred degree, hundred eighty degrees. Isn't the left just turn into a right Twix? Yeah, all Twixes are Twixes. Yeah, exactly. Kit Kats are more closely aligned with the which side do you go with because you're sort of breaking it, except you eat your Kit Kats like you a damn psychopath. You don't have to break it. Why would you break it? Because you're supposed to break it. it. Eat the damn Kit Kat bar. Just like these freaking weirdos stringing cheese. There's, eat the damn cheese. Just bite the cheese. You don't have to like... Look like a weirdo pulling the thing. Just eat the damn string cheese. No. no. You know what my favorite thing to do with a Kit Kat? Take a bite of the Kit Kat and then let the chocolate sort of melt in your mouth until the pieces of wafer start to separate out. So then you get like, you, you sort of have to melt the chocolate, the very small layer of chocolate that's in between no. the little pieces of wafer. Frozen Kit Kat. So that they break up and then you have like two different sections of wafer and then you eat those no a frozen kit kat uh charleston chews are good i like them. Ne- ne- never had a charleston they're, charleston they're chew sounds like uh tobacco charleston chews are, are weird though like they're they're strange blow pops, uh, tex- textually they're they're a little bit whatchamacallit i love blow pops marathon never had i don't think i've ever had marathon heath bars i love heath bars bazooka joe no I don't know. I don't know is that the white it. one? It's like a white bar that like 
I have no or idea. Or is it what's called? That's what's the white one? Uh, payday. No, the no, not the bar, but like the the thing itself is white. Oh. Okay, SJ just put wax lips, and I still don't understand what the point of damn wax lips are. And I'm still offended by like the way that we used to get those candies that were like wax and then they had like the root beer inside them. But then like what was even the point of like eating those? Uh, Lincoln's visor is 100%. If nerds clusters were on this tier maker, it would be not just top tier, but elite tier. Uh, nerds are a top tier candy. Nerds clusters are elite of the elite. Speaking speaking of bunch of crunch, elite version of crunch. Yeah, bunch of bunch crunch. crunch. Big fan. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, last question. Smarties. SJ put the. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm now on. I'm now on candy. Smarties are like the ultimate like Halloween candy. That's bad. Where it's like, like you only time you get Smarties is on Halloween, and like I don't know why I like them, but I do. Smarties. When I was a kid, I would I would pretend that they were my my uh my medicine my pills. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so the, did I. Those those were always you cool. Just sort of like pop it like a. Uh, we 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 got a comment from Chessix who says no one cares. Will you make a couple World Cup episodes? I'll listen. Okay, so here's the thing, folks. We can talk about the World Cup at the end of episodes. I wouldn't mind doing that. We are going to. Our schedule is. Kind our of- schedule is going to be weird because. Um, if if you've listened this far, you can get a little inside a little inside uh, Troy stuff. We are going away for Thanksgiving, which is bad, folks, because that's but Thanksgiving is between the SC UCLA game and between SC Notre Dame. This is bad. Well, where are we going? We're literally driving to Seattle. Well, here's the other problem: SC plays Wales on that Monday that we are driving up there. So we are now planning to watch the the um, USA Wales game at like a bar in like Eugene or something, in somewhere in Oregon. At least that's our hope. Wherever we are driving, yes, that's our hope. So, so our yeah. ability to pod about the World <laughs> Cup is going to be weird. Our ability to pod at all those weeks, we are going to do it, but it's going to be weird. Um, I'm just from the first time we'll ever be in Eugene, Oregon is is for is, the World Cup instead of like an World actual Cup. football yeah, game. Like how weird yeah. is that? It's yeah. bizarre. Anyways, uh, we're gonna we're gonna hop out of here. It's uh, it's time to go get corn dogs. Like uh, let's put it in the chat. Lemon yeah. drops. Um, I like lemon drops. I don't can't think of what a lemon drop. They just taste like lemon and sugar. Yeah, I can't think. I hate them, but I just I can't picture it off the top of my head right yeah. now. Lemon drop the drink bad. Lemon heads are good. Red hots are good. Tootsie rolls, by the way, big fan, big fan of Tootsie rolls. Lincoln Visor says Nerds clusters are the favorite candy of Lincoln's Visor. Mike Leach and the friend of the show Keely Orr again elite. Wait, is Keely Lincoln's Visor? <laughs> and I Mike think Leach. it is. I think Keely is Lincoln's Visor. Hey yo. So big chat, everybody in the chat, give a big warm welcome to <laughs> Keely Orr here in our chat. Big, yep. big, big, uh, big fan we all are. I'm yep. a big celebrity in the chat. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, um, we will uh, we will catch you guys later uh, later in the week to preview homecoming USC Look, that's good. and uh, Cal on on Saturday night. So, I uh, will be back Wednesday. Until then, uh, see ya.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.